Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. praise we worship you Lord Jesus hallelujah Lord we magnify you God I have a question for you are you thirsty today are you thirsty for his presence we're hungry for you O oh Lord Lord pour out your spirit in this place today blessed be your name blessed be your name hallelujah amen, amen. thank you praise team for leading us in worship we never want to take worship time for granted. We want to press in. It sets our hearts ready for what the Lord is saying. I have to start off this morning to, to say I've, this week has been a, an interesting week uh, for me and I've been seeking the Lord and 
And I had a direction as we were earlier in the week for I thought the direction the Lord wanted us to go back in Nehemiah. And I started preparing that, that message and working uh, through that. Uh, but over the last couple of days, especially yesterday, some things have changed and shifted. Everybody say shift. Yes. And how many knows that God is in the shift? He brings confirmation. And, uh, and so I'm trusting the Lord. And so even the message I have today is fresh. I'm talking about it was put together this morning. Uh, the Lord was stirring on my heart last night, but I was praying through and I didn't write anything down yet. I was waiting on him. So this morning, the Lord helped me put this together, and I believe that you'll be blessed because this is what God is saying. And have moments of confirmation I'll share with you. But before we do anything, let's just ask the Lord to move in this place again. Heavenly Father, we're here. Uh, we're in your presence. We long for you. We're thirsty for you. Lord, I know that you want to fill us. You want to quench this thirst. But Lord, we want to continue to be thirsty for your outpouring of your spirit. And we bless your name. Amen. So let's say the declaration of the word together and let's mean it from our hearts. God has a word for us today. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to see this picture. You've seen it. You walk in the door, you see the picture of our, our theme for this year. Go ahead and put that up, if you will. Uh, I want you to hold on to this again. I want you to recognize this. The Lord is stirring in me uh, to, to even push in harder at the end of this year. And there's been some things the Lord put on my heart uh, to do even a couple of weeks ago uh, I, with the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Put together a quick form to send out, send links to everybody in the, in the church, and ask of you. Uh, if you have a son or a daughter, a grandson or a granddaughter uh, that you're praying for, uh, or even a spouse, and I kind of honed in on those areas where the Lord was directing me, I wanted you to send me your names. Many of you did, and, and I appreciate that. But I'm turning this in uh, with, because this is what the Lord is doing at the moment. I want to be sensitive, and I want to encourage you. If the Lord's moving on my heart to, to do something, and I, I'm sharing with you, uh, you, I'm asking you to follow up with that, to do what I'm asking. Not because I, it's just me, I'm, I'm saying this is what the Lord is saying. And I, and I mean it. I believe the Lord is speaking this way, and I don't want to miss it. Say it with me. I don't want to miss it. And we talked about the shift that started just about a year ago. How many doesn't want to miss the shift that God is doing? And so in, in, in that, we have to be active. So I'm going to give you a, a few things to kind of help uh, put that point in. I'm going to give you the ABCs of, of this theme right now, what God is doing. Okay, look at this. The AB, ABCs. Put that next slide up. ABC. Everybody say ABC. ABC. Okay, simple. I want you to get this. The first one is we have to acknowledge we need a unified vision. Say that with me. We have to acknowledge that we need a unified vision. As, the, as we come together, and I'm not talking about just that mission statement that we've put together. I know that we've been uh, talking about that, being unified. But even this banner that we've been sitting under for a year of the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding, we have to believe that God wants to give us a unified vision Okay, we, let's just agree with that right now. How many can just go ahead and vote on that? We'll make it a vote. How many can vote right now that we believe that we need to acknowledge that we need a unified vision? The second one, we have to believe this vision is what God gave us. We believe this is the vision that God gave us. Say it with me. Believe this is the vision God gave us. It's not random. It's through prayer, it's through seeking him, that the vision that we're sitting under this banner, it could be applied a lot of places, but we have to believe that he gave it to us. Not just coming from the podium, not just coming from the, from the stage or whatever you want to call this area, but this is coming from God. This is what he wants us to, to believe that he's doing for us this year. And then see, we've got to commit to the vision. Be thirsty. Say that with me. Commit to the vision. Be thirsty. I know some of you are like, well, you don't have this all in the outline. I, this morning, I just didn't have time to put that together. And so I'm trusting you to be able to write these things down. We can get it to you another way if we need to. So with that, 
As I was praying and seeking the Lord, it wasn't even on, until on my way here this morning where the Lord led me to John chapter 14 as our main text today. Now, I wasn't even going to put the, the PowerPoint together, but I thought it's important for us to see the scriptures together. So I'm going to walk through some things, and, and John, there's not any subtitles today. I just want you to hear uh, the message that Jesus is saying through uh, in this context that John writes for us. These are the words of Christ. And I want you to get this thought this morning, are you thirsty? And I'll share some other points of confirmation today, what the Lord has been doing over this weekend. But listen to this. This is what Jesus is saying. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. We can't get past. If you've been here the last couple weeks, if you've been watching online, we've, we've been talking about the rapture of the church. Where do we get that? Not just the rapture. We get the promise from Jesus. He says, I am going to go and prepare a place for you. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't even told you. So we have to keep this message front and center that the day that we're in, these last days, these last hours, the mission hasn't changed. It is to win the loss so they can be ready to go to heaven. So how many of you in this room are ready, ready to go to heaven? Amen? So the message is not about us. It's, a, it's about the loss. I, I'm safe in the arms of Jesus. I want to grow in my faith. I want to draw closer to him. I want to I get closer to him. But I can't get any more saved than I am right now. I can get more sanctified. I can get more anointed. I can draw closer. But I'm on my way to heaven. And the enemy is not going to steal my salvation. The enemy is not going to steal your salvation if we will keep his commands and follow him. That's what this passage talks about. Listen, verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. How many believe this today? We thank God for this promise. He goes, I'm going to go prepare a place, and if I'm doing this, I want to take you with me. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're anticipating. That's what we're expecting. And so we must live in this way. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to be ready, but we can't give up on the mission of getting others ready. Amen. And he says, and where I go, you know. And the way you know. The where I'm going, you know. He's on his way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to ascend to heaven. And where I go, where I'm going to be there, I want you to go. And you know the way to get there. It's trusting in God, pulling your whole life in God, keeping the, the commandments of the Lord. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know that way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is already saying, you know the way. I'm the way. You've been walking with me. You've been seeing the hand of the Father on my life. I'm pointing everything to God to glorify him. And, and you have to believe in me that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that has not changed. There's no other way to heaven other than confessing Jesus Christ as our, as our Lord and Savior. We know that he is alive, that he rose again from the dead. And, and we put our faith and our confidence and our hope in that, uh, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, uh, he's the one that quickens us right now. We're alive in him. Him. Amen? Amen. Skipping down to verse 12, I don't have time to go through every verse this morning. Most assuredly, still the words of Christ, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. I feel encouraged to share these scriptures again today. Not better works. We can't do anything better than Jesus. 
But he says greater because the Holy Spirit will be within us, empowering us, and it's not just dwelling in one person, but the Holy Spirit is dwelling in all of the church and and those that are filled with the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, saying, I'm an open vessel to be used by you. He's saying, you're going to do greater things. You're going to touch more people than I'm touching right now. I'm able to minister to small crowds and and crowds, crowds of a few thousand, but you're going to be able to send this message across the world because you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need in these last days, a a refreshing of the anointing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we can be witnesses to our our prodigals, our sons, our daughters, our loved ones, but then also those who have never called on the name of the Lord, those outside this church, those that you've not even met. I had an opportunity, I didn't even get to share this with my my wife yet, earlier this week when I was um, at the the gas station right by the hospital where my dad was at, I was going in to just get some coffee to to go in. It's better at the gas station than it is at the hospital. I don't know how that can be, but it was better. So I'm out there, and as I'm getting ready to get out of my car, I see a young lady walking out of uh, the gas station, and she's in tears. She's crying. I know something's wrong. And I said, hey, is is everything all right? And and she just kind of kept on going. I don't know if she heard me or she just didn't want to to express what was going on, and I see her over by her car getting ready to get in, and the Spirit just promised me, you need to go over there. So I walked over again. I said, hey, miss, is everything all right? And, and she says, no, my husband, and she's a young lady, just got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so she's broken. And I said, is he over at the, the hospital right there? She goes, yes. And so I'm like, can I pray with you right now? His name's Richard. Keep Richard in prayer. Her name's Shannon. And I, I, and I tried to minister just there for a moment, and, and, and I was able to pray with her a prayer of peace. I prayed for Richard. I gave her my number. I said, if you need to reach me, I'll be at the hospital. My dad's there. I haven't heard from her yet, but I'm praying right now that God will stir on her heart and remember the encounter that she had with somebody that believed in God. I didn't get a chance to ask her if she believed in God, but she didn't say no to prayer. You'll find people when they're desperate, they're not going to say no to prayer. And that's why we need to be ready and on fire uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit at any moment to, to not just resist in the flesh and go, I'll just let that go. But when the Spirit is prompting us, we need to go and be them and pray for them. Can we do that right now, Lord? I lift up Richard. I lift up Shannon right now where, where she's at. You'll remind her again that, that someone cares for her and that there'll be a body that could care for her. We're praying, even though we don't know them, but you know them. You know what they're going through. We lift them up right now. I'm still expecting a call one of these days, a number that I won't recognize, but I'm going to be praying. Lord, prompt me, remind me of who that is so I can pray with them again. Be ready. Be ready. So greater works that he wants us to do. Verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now you have to read this whole passage. He's not just giving us a a free license to ask anything if we're not following him. He's not giving us a free license to believe that he'll grant us anything that we wish for if we're not keeping his commandments. You've got to look at the whole context. I want to be in right relationship with God the Father so I can ask the things that I need, knowing that he will grant our our prayers when we are in that right standing with him. So verse 15, this is what he says. If you love me, how many loves the Lord? We declared, if That we love you, Lord Jesus. But here's what he says. If you love me, keep my commandments. He makes it very simple. There's no gray areas in this walk with the Lord. Can we just be real this morning? I I hope this message gets out to thousands of people. And that's going to happen by through you. Through you sharing the message again. We're in this day right now. What an opportunity that we have. Whether you like it or don't like it, technology is here. Whether you like it or don't like it, social media is here. And so we need to take advantage of what is there to use it for good. And this is an opportunity for us to share the message that you're wanting your children to hear. And I encourage you, I made it, I was prompted on Friday, I, I, was, I was here working, I, I needed to get to see my dad, but I'm like, the, the Lord is urging me at this time, pause and make this, this video. Why am I doing this? Because I love your children, and I love you. It's not just to put my face on a camera. 
It is to be obedient to the voice of the Lord, what he's doing right now. How many knows that we're in a season right now with the things that are going on in Israel? There's a revival that are starting around the world because people know that we're in this day. I, again, we can't give you a day or time, but we know that the return of the Lord is near and the church needs to wake up and we need to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And so we've got to do all that we can. And so if the Lord, I'm asking you this, and I'm saying this as, as softly as can, if the Lord's put it on my heart to do that, to send to you, I'm asking you to do the next thing and pass it on. Don't let it just sit there. Don't let it just overlook it. To, don't say, well, there's another video by the pastor. I wonder what that says and not worry about it. Open it up. Find out what God is saying. We have the opportunity at any moment to be able to share a message like that. Do our parts. It's about the ABCs. Be committed to this. How many believes that God wants to bring a returning to our prodigals back home? Not just saying, oh, that's okay. No, we've got to believe it. But we can't just believe it. We've got to be committed to it. And how do we commit it to it? By doing the things. And this is what Christ is saying. If you love me, keep my commandments. Walk with me. Don't live on the edge. Don't live in a, in a gray area. Be hot or cold. We had a good discussion on Wednesday night. I encourage you, be here on Wednesday nights. We have some good things. That's where some people ask questions like, you said this, what did this mean? We can talk about it. Because I want to make sure I'm saying it the right way, that you're understanding the right way, and I'm not miscommunicating something. But I want us to know that our faith needs to be in Jesus Christ. We've got to be ready. We have to be thirsty. And I'm talking about when you're really thirsty. And you, and you can't wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you're hungry for it. And not, not long ago, I had, a, I had a procedure where I wasn't able to drink anything after, after midnight. You know what? When you're able to drink any time you want, take a, a cold water, you take advantage of that, you don't think about it. But when you can't have it, your mouth dries up more than it's ever had before. Everything, I don't drink that much soda, but I was I was like, I can't wait to have a Sprite or a, or a, or a Canada Dry. I need something. I, I was, and, and of course, they had my, my procedure not early in the morning. It was late in the morning. I'm like, why did they do that to me, right? I was thirsty. I, I knew that there was going to be a quenching of that thirst if I waited long enough, but the, the thirst wasn't going to get, go away until I experienced the, the, the water or I experienced what was given to me. I had a take of it, and I want to be thirsty for God right now. And that thirst can't go away until the outpouring of God, outpouring of the Holy Spirit is afresh again. I'm saved. I'm sanctified, but I need a new touch. I, I need a refreshing. I need an outpouring of God's presence here. We need as a church an outpouring, a, a thirsty, and, a, and I'm praying over you. Be thirsty. Be thirsty. Someone go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, be thirsty. Be thirsty. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. You know, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He goes, I'm going to go away so the, the comforter can come. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it is neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. We know the Holy Spirit's alive and knocking on our hearts. We know the Holy Spirit is, wants to be involved in our worship together and, and wants to be involved in our everyday lives, leading us to, to the lost and the hurting and the broken. He says, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm not going to leave you abandoned. I'm always going to be with you. This, speaking as, as God, I, we, we will, God will be with you. The Holy Spirit will walk beside us. Jesus lives inside of us. We are not left alone. Dropping down to verse 23. Jesus answered and said to them, here again, you pick up that, that thought early on. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He picks it up again. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. I ask you again, do you love the Lord? It's easy to say I love him. But in those times of temptation, are you loving him and seeking after his voice and not listening to the voice of the tempter? If you love him, you will keep his commandments. You will resist the enemy. What does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will flee. Temptations are going to come. The enemy is going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. He does it through temptation. He does it through discouragement. But the Word of God, the Word of God will quicken us. 
The Word of God will strengthen us. The, Lord of, the Word of God helps us be overcomers, and we have to understand we can. We can be overcomers in Him. I, I've been trying to say that to you. And to those who are listening, you can overcome temptation. You are able, not in your own strength, not on your own might, not in your own way, not just saying, I'm just going to try to resist. No, you have to have something replace that temptation. You've got to have the Word of God. Start speaking the Word of God. Start praying to God. Start reading the Word. Start listening to, to something different. Start watching something different. Whatever the temptation comes, whatever way, because the enemy's trying to weaken you. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are able. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, say, you are able. Because I can tell you, every one of you and watching online have been tempted by something. Whatever it may be, but you are able through the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do this. You'll keep my word. And my Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. We have a promise. He who does not love me does not keep my words. He's not parsing any words here. He's saying it plain and simple. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my word. He who doesn't, doesn't love me. You can say it, but you're not doing it. You can say it all you want, but you're not demonstrating it. You can say it all you want, but you're not living it. He wants us to live this out. How many knows that we are able to live out his word? Amen? Amen. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. The Father himself is knocking on our heart's door saying, I want a relationship with you. Just like Abraham was considered and called my friend, I want to be a friend with you. We have a relationship with God, the Father. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. I'm about to make a transition, but I want to go back to our roots as a movement. We started, whether you grew up in the church of God, whether you're a member here or not a member here, I want you to know what kind of church you're a part of. And I want you to know what kind of church you're watching this morning. We believe in holiness. We are not the lawmakers. We're not the ones who list the laws of what is holy and what's not holy. But we do know that we need to search after Scripture and that God wants to set us apart and that we need to live lives holy unto Him, holy and blameless unto Him. He's looking for a spotless lamb, and He's not going to make you live holy, but we have to submit to Him and live holy. Amen? So don't get tired of hearing about it. Because I'm going to share it and keep sharing that we are to be people of righteous living. You're like, well, that might empty the church. I'm not worried about emptying the church. I'm worrying about filling heaven. Amen? Amen. I'm worried about sharing the truth. Because the truth will change lives. When I'm staying with the word of God. Not an opinion. Not something that I'm just making up. But just reading the word of God. If you love him, you'll keep his word. So I want you to hear this one thing. And my Father will send my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. How many knows that God is really good at helping us remember what he's saying to us? Reminding what he's been saying. So just about a year ago, early October, we started experiencing the move of God in a in a way, right, of shifting. Shifting is the message that he gave us. It's the message that we held on to. Message that we've been waiting for and listening to. And then right when that was happening, some things were going on in my own life as a, as a minister, as a pastor, where the Lord allowed me to go to uh, Scotland on a missions trip. I'm rehearsing all this because I was reminded this weekend of what God is doing. I get messages sent to me all the time. Some I'm able to listen to, some I'm not able to listen to. Yesterday, we're trying to squeeze in uh, mowing the grass and raking some leaves. 
How many knows if you don't wait, if you wait on that, it just overtakes. And so, uh, and, and, and if you go to my house today, you didn't think I did anything because the leaves came down again. Hey, what did I say that? I don't know. But in the midst of that, I was listening to a, a message that my wife was listening to. In fact, it, it, it came to us because I was talking to my brother and, and who lives in South Carolina now. He said, like, have you heard what's going on at, at Jensen Franklin's church? They're, they're, they're experiencing revival this week. It's, it's been going on. And, and, and there's a guy named Perry Stone that's been preaching for the last few nights. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar with Perry Stone. So I told Brandy about it, and she jumped on it before I did, and she goes, you, you got to listen to this. There's several messages. I can't even tell you which one to listen to if you want to go back to any of that. But I was listening uh, to one while I was mowing, and I listened to what was coming out of it. And, and Perry Stone didn't call me and ask me what I've been preaching to get any kind of notes, but here's what he said. He started preaching, and he pulled out Psalms 91. How many knows that's been significant for us here in this, this last year? He pulled out Psalms 23. And, we, and the Lord just put that on my heart a couple weeks to preach on that. And you're like, well, well, that's easy to do. No, no, you don't understand because there was a person in this church that had a dream that was walking through when we were going through Psalms 91. That same person a few, uh, just a few weeks ago said, I had another dream, and it was on Psalms 23. And here you are preaching on Psalms 23. The Lord keeps giving confirmation after confirmation. We're listening to him. And he's, just, he's not just doing it through his church. It's going around. But I want to let you know, he cares about this church. He cares about what we are doing here for the kingdom of God. He's not forgotten us. He's not leaving us as orphans. Uh, he has a plan for us. Uh, he has a purpose for us, and he keeps giving us confirmation. That's not good enough, okay? He's done a little bit more other than listen to Perry Stone. Get another text message. Say, you've got to listen to this message. It's very powerful. So I didn't listen to it yet. Other things were going on. My wife, she's just doing other things. She doesn't just sit around all day and listen to messages, but while she's working, she had it on. She texts me, you've got to listen to this message. And so visiting with my dad, he's trying to sleep. I put in one of my uh, earphones, and I'm listening to this message that just happened, I believe, on Friday night. And this one is actually Karen Wheaton preaching at a revival, I think, in, uh, in Nashville. And she begins to talk about Isaiah 44.3. Now, that hasn't been a passage that we've focused on, but this is a passage I want you to hear right now. For I will pour out water on him who is thirsty. Now I'm going to pause right there and I'm going to say, I'm not preaching everybody's messages. I'm trusting what the Lord is speaking to me and he's giving us confirmation to go and look at this and remind us what God has already done over this past year and that he's not done. He says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I ask you again, are you thirsty? And floods on the dry grounds, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. How many wants to believe that promise right now? And my blessings on your offsprings. She had this message that she shared at other places, and, and this was what they were on. But here's what she did. This is what got the attention of my wife and, and I think the person who sent it to us. Because she started talking about Two old ladies named Christine and Peggy. Anybody remember me talking about Christine and Peggy Smith in the Hebrides revival that took place? It started in November of 1949. It was interesting because we were in that season when we were beginning to hear it. So I want you to hear. I'm going to read. I, I did uh, just pulled up some more articles yesterday or uh, this morning even and pulled this together. I know you may not be able to read it, all that on the screen, but I want to read through you just to give you the recap, to refresh you, to bring to your remembrance of what happened in 1949. Beginning in November 1949, two sisters, Peggy and Christine Smith, 84 and 82 years old, Peggy, Peggy was completely blind. Christine was bent over with arthritis, were burdened to the depressed spiritual state in the Barvis Village Church. They, she, they, were, they said there's a, there's a, uh, the, the spirit was not moving in their church. And it wasn't just the church, it was the community. And so they had what was going on in that time. Uh, some of the church leaders got together and like, we need to put out a statement for everybody to start praying for the move of God in our community. And these ladies took it to heart. They sensed 
the Lord speaking to them, I will pour out on the thirsty land and streams on dry ground. Isaiah 44, 3. This is God moving on two older ladies. And, and we, so we have to say it again. You're never too old to be used in the kingdom of God. These ladies recognized they couldn't do anything physically. One was blind. One was uh, uh, basically uh, incapable of doing a whole lot because of the pain that she was in. But you can't take away the power of prayer. And so they decided, these two sisters together, go on. This led them to pray in a small cottage two or three nights a week from 10 p.m. to to 3 a.m. in the morning. After several weeks of praying like this, Peggy had a vision of her church being crowded with young people. How many knows that we need to touch the next generation? This doesn't mean that the current generation is no good or not useful and and they can't be ministered to and, and we shouldn't have things that we want. No, but we have to realize the church will die if there's not a next generation. If you go to the book of Judges, the saddest thing that we hear is that the current generation didn't know what the previous generation generation experience. They weren't passing along the stories. God wants us not only just to pass along stories, he wants us to empower by laying hands on the younger generation and let the power of the Holy Spirit fill them that they might be witnesses in this day that we're in. There's a lost and dying world. If you don't believe it, turn on the news. You have young people protesting because they have no idea what they're protesting. They're just jumping on the bandwagon with everybody else. They don't know what they believe. They need to be taught. They need to be put under the arms of people who fear God and who respect the people of Israel. And this, these people, we, we need to pray for them because they're missing it. But they're not going to listen to an older generation. They're going to listen to peers that's been, in, that's been encouraged by another generation. I want to pour into young people that can touch other young people. Young people who've already called on the name of the Lord. I want to invest into them because they're going to be the ones that's going to touch this younger generation. This younger generation don't want to listen to the older folks, uh, but they may listen to somebody their age, uh, and it's going to come from those who are already in the church. Uh, how many believe that there is a remnant uh, of young people that God is raising up uh, and that God wants to remember? And I've heard some of you share testimonies of some of your prodigals that are away from God right now, but every once in a while they begin to say some things because they remember what they were taught when they were young. And I'm praying right now, God, I pray, raise within them, O Lord, a remembrance of who they are in you. Lord, I pray for all those verses that they memorize in children's church to come flooding back in. They'll be on their minds and on their mouths and on their tongues, O God. We have to be thirsty for this. We have to believe that God has given us a, a, a vision for this year of the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding. Not just a slogan, but this is what God is calling us to pray into and fast over and seek God for. Continue on. Peggy had a vision of her church being crowded with young people and an unknown minister preaching from the pulpit. So here's some bullet points. I'm reading this from an article is following that proclamation from the town two times per week, per week, Peggy and Christine Smith prayed in their cottage from 10 to 3, while the ministers and others prayed in barns like structures in other locations. So there's multiple prayer meetings going around. And I'm sharing some of this because I was stirred by this listening to that message yesterday. Karen was sharing a lot of the same things, and, and I, I don't know where she got her sources, but they, they line up. And she was reminding the people because she was sharing this with a group of, of ladies at a women's conference back in March. She was sharing some of this, but she goes, I've got to share it again. I know I've shared this once with you already, but I've got to share it again because God is looking for a thirsty people. And it's so easy to get kind of satisfied that we're not really thirsty and we get into a routine and, and we just get into a, a, a rut and, and we're not feeling the fret. We're, we're experiencing a little bit of God, but we're not pressing in. We've got to press in. And, and going back to even Perry Stone preaching on one of the revival nights at Free Chapel in, in Georgia, he says, we're going to have an altar call. 
in the altar call. He says, I love coming here because you know how to respond to an altar call. An altar call is not always coming up saying, I've sinned and forgive me, God. An altar call is responding to the word and saying, I'm thirsty. I want you, oh God. I want more of you. I want to press in. That's why we come. That's why we move from our seats. It's not to try to make you uncomfortable. It's comfortable here. It's saying that I'm willing to step out. I'm ready to do something to press in. I want to experience God. And if you're not thirsty, you won't want to experience God. But if you get thirsty, you'll want to experience God and you'll do whatever it takes to press in. Prayer was conducted in unheated buildings in the middle of the winter. This was a sign of desperation. What's our sign of desperation in this church? How does people know that we're desperate for lost souls? What's our sign that we're hungry for God? This may be hard, but this is the truth this morning. We've got to, we don't know how much time we have left as a church. We don't know what to, when the coming of the Lord. I know I'm ready. I know that you're ready, but we've got to see those who have not called his name. They've got to be ready. The next point is that all pe people all over the island had the sense that God was telling them to ask me for revival. This was a stirring among several and across. The, they were saying and praying the same thing. This was a divinely orchestrated movement to petition God for revival. So multiple prayer meetings were going on. So here's some, some recap. Revival began one night in a barn. After a young deacon read from Psalms 24, 3 through 5. And when he closed his Bible, he looked at the minister and the others and said, It seems to me to be so much humbug to be praying as we are praying to be waiting as we are waiting if we ourselves are not rightly related to God. You understand what he's saying? It seems foolish for us to pray for revival and to be waiting here night after night all this time if we ourselves are not ready for the revival. And then he prayed this, God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? This is written down. Here's what the rest of the story says. As soon as he prayed that prayer, God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? He fell out in the spirit. No one touched him, but he had a moment with God, and he was laying out, and the Lord moved on him. Revival began to take place. Listen to this. This is the words of Duncan Campbell, who was that unknown preacher to, to the sisters, this is who came in. This is who they asked to come in to, to preach some. And he wasn't even willing to go some places. Here's a story from another prayer meeting that Duncan was with, the, with these sisters. And, he, and one of the sisters says, you need to go to this certain island. He goes, I don't feel like the Lord is leading me. He goes, she says, if you really were in tune with Lord, the Lord, you would have heard him say, that's where you're supposed to go. This lady who's 82 years old, who's been praying, heard the voice of the Lord. She knew what she believed. She knew what God was saying. And so she reminded him. And so in her praying, she did one of these things. In the prayer, she's condemning Duncan right in front of him uh, to God. God, move on him. He's not listening to you. He doesn't hear you. And so in the middle of the prayer, he goes, all right, I'm going to go. And he gets over there thinking there's not going to be anybody ready. But when he gets there, God got there before him. And God woke up people in the middle of the night, and they were meeting, waiting, over a thousand people waiting for Duncan Campbell to show up. And they had revival that night because he was obedient to go where God was telling him. So there's, there's, here's his words. So we met. There were about 30 of us. This is in one of the prayer meetings. And prayer began. I found it very hard, a very hard meeting. I found myself battling and getting nowhere as the hours passed. Can anybody connect with that? How many knows that prayer meetings can be hard? Pressing in can be hard. It takes time. He says, after midnight, between 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning, I turned to a young man in the meeting and said, I feel led of God to ask you to pray. And that dear man rose to his feet and prayed. And in his prayer, he uttered words such as I've never heard in a prayer before. And then he's just quoting this. I'm not saying that he did the right way, but I know that God moved in this way. He knew his heart, what he was saying. Listen, this is a young man. He said, Lord, you, you made a promise. Are you going to fulfill it? 
We believe that you are a covenant-keeping God. Will you be true to your covenant? You have said that you would pour out, pour water on the thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I do not know how others stand in your presence. I do not know how the minister stands. But if I know my own heart, I know where I stand. And I tell thee now that I am thirsty. Oh, I am thirsty for a manifestation of the man of thy right hand. And then he said this, Lord, before I sit down, I want to tell you that your honor is at stake. He wasn't challenging God. He was pouring his heart. I believe, God, that you want to keep your word. And revival broke out in that place. The story even says that the place where they were at began to shake like a leaf. And they begin to ask, did anybody else feel that? Like, yes, that is God moving right now. How many knows that God is able to shake a place when we are hungry? So are you ready to do the Bible? This is where I want to lead us to. It's going to be very simple this week. I want you to read Psalms 42. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to cry out. You may start it right now. Start it this morning. Do it this week. Do it on Monday. Do it on Tuesday. Do it on Wednesday. But I, here's what I want you to cry out. I am thirsty. Lord, I am thirsty for you. You can see it on the screen. Read it with me. Lord, I am thirsty for you. That's number two there. Say it again. Lord, I am thirsty for you. Now, if you notice, I put an explanation more on line number one. There's two in line number two and three after line number three. We've got to keep building this up. Say it with me again. Lord, I am thirsty for you. Lord, I am thirsty for you. Lord, I am thirsty for you. As the praise team comes back, I want you to hear a couple of verses. Psalms 42. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. I don't have time to to explain this, I heard this passage, Perry Stone preached a little bit on this and began to pour some thing, pull some things out I've never heard before, but it made sense. And he says this, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before him. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul, O oh God, longs for you. If you're able, stand to your feet right now. If you're able, without a long drawing, I'm praying that you'll flood these altar areas and begin to press in. If you're thirsty, Lord, make us thirsty. I'm thirsty for you, Lord Jesus. I'm thirsty for you, O oh God. Oh, Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, I'm thirsty for you, God. Hallelujah. If you don't need anyone to lay hands on you right now, it's between you and God pressing in. I'm thirsty for you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, we worship you, God. We magnify you, press in. Before they sing anything for the next minute, I just want to hear our voices. Lift up your voices. Hallelujah, Lord, we're thirsty for you, God. I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. I'm
Whatever you 